For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi there. So this is an extract from a bonus episode that is now available on the show's Patreon page for $3 a month. If you'd like to hear more of this episode or of one of the other many I think very good bonus episodes that are currently available up there now, and of course more to come in the future, then just head over to the show's Patreon page and become a patron for at least $3 a month. This month's bonus episode is the second episode in our look through the Poems of the Exeter book, which is going to be quite a long-lasting project. Um, So if you're interested in learning more about Anglo-Saxon poetry and the particular poems, some of the more famous ones and some of the lesser well-known ones from Anglo-Saxon England, then I highly recommend heading over there and seeing what's available. The subject of this week's episode is Christ II, The Ascension, written by the poet Kina Wolf. Much like the Advent lyrics, the second of the Christ poems, which are referred to here as The Ascension, is focused on another key moment from the Christian story, the ascension of Christ 40 days after the crucifixion. The poem is one of four written by the mysterious poet Kinawulf, who drew on a wide array of scriptural and extra-biblical sources in the creation of this piece and his others. The Ascension is the Exeter book's longest poem, even with a leaf missing from partway through. Unlike the Advent lyrics, the Ascension is a single coherent work, clearly modelled on the homilies that were composed and read during the Mass. We can tell that this was the Kinnewolf's inspiration, not only because of the prominence of homiletic sources he used, particularly the 29th homily of Gregory the Great, but also due to the deliberate play on typical homiletic forms which open and close the poem. So, for example, many homilies began with an address to the beloved people, men tha leofastan in Old English, gathered to hear the words of the priest. The Ascension begins with an address to Mon Semara, the illustrious man, who Kinewolf encourages to eagerly explore spiritual mysteries, Yeon Licha Gastierinum. Exactly who this illustrious man is, is debated. It's possible that he is a creation of Kinewolf's, meant to emulate the homiletic tone of his sources. It's also possible that he was a patron of some kind, Kinnewolf, we assume, was a monk, although we don't really know much about him, so it's not clear if he would have needed a patron as such in the way that later writers like Shakespeare did, but it is possible that he wrote at the request of someone who wanted a poetic meditation on the ascension and its importance to the overall Christian message. This person could have been a layman, it could also have been another ecclesiastic, we don't really know. The important thing is that it clearly demonstrates the extent to which Kinawolf approached this poem as essentially a verse homily, a text meant to expound on the text of scripture and its deeper meanings. When seen in that way, who exactly the illustrious man is ultimately isn't that important. 
at least not to the overall impact of the poem itself. Typical of Kinawolf's poetry, he adopts here the language and imagery of heroic poetry when addressing his religious subject matter, a habit he, like the author of the poem The Dream of the Rude, probably drew partly from ingrained Old English poetic custom and partly from the Latin Christian poetry that was the staple of early medieval monastic education. Since the idea was that education not only had to teach something new, but also provide moral lessons. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because... The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.